Hello everybody. Welcome back to Comedian Called Carl Drinking Coffee. Guess who's back in the... I was about to, about to sing the opening line of... um. What's that? That's a Snoop Dogg song, isn't it? Oh, it's Rude. It's a Rude opening. Do you know that song? Oh, what is it? Where he goes, Guess who's back in the motherfucking house with a fat dick for your motherfucking mouth. That's like the opening line to his song. Very different um, tone to this podcast, which is a man drinking coffee and aimlessly thinking out loud without any plan or thought whatsoever. Um, how the how on God's earth are you? Hey, are you doing all right? How's the inertia going of of COVID twenty twenty? Um, it's a noise is crap in it. It's like a. I'm. Just, it's not even. I'm not. I'm. I mean, I'm not bored with the because lockdown essentially is over, isn't it? You know, I don't know what your where you live or what your area is like, but in terms of L- London, London is. You would not think there is any difference. Everything seems open. Roads are busy. You can probably hear the roads. I'm sitting in my front room today. Um, just having a little look out the window at a skip I, I nicked something out of a skip the other night I haven't done that in years I also did also put stuff in the skip so it was sort of like an exchange that's not how it works really uh, is it <laughs> me putting stuff in their skip is me having some waste disposal for free but um, I've got a little bit of skirting board that needs replaced and basically I needed a I went and bought a bit a while back and replaced a, a long stretch of skirting board and it was about a foot too short. So I need to, there's still a foot of the skirting board that needs replacing. And um, I couldn't believe it. Walking past the other night, past my neighbours, they had a length of skirting board that had been ripped off and put on in the skip that was exactly what I needed. So what are the chances of that? I mean, that's some sort of Truman Show shit, isn't it? Just a bit, the, the bit of skirting board you need. Get this, let's just, I'm going to reiterate this so you get the just on how ridiculously coincidental this is. Exactly what I need um, in a skip in the next door neighbour drive. It's just sticking out, and it was sticking out. It just it was poking out of a skip. Getting it was quite tricky. I should have just knocked and said, "Can I have that bit of skip, that bit of skirting board?" But instead, I just did what I. I did it like it was some crime. They've thrown it away. I don't know why. I did it under the cover of night. And, um, I, uh, yeah, it turns out it was actually a bit longer than I thought it was. The, um, the bit that was poking out was about a foot. Started pulling it, ended up being like quite a long stretch, which gives me more to work with. Also, I'm just going to keep a bit in the shed, mate, for any time I need another bit there in the future. <laughs> anyway, what I'm saying is, uh, the in London it doesn't feel like there's a lockdown so I'm not really bored of that stuff anymore I also did two gigs on Sunday actual live gigs at the Battersea Arts Centre there's some, so there's signs that things are happening what I'm bored of is the discussion about it do you know what I mean? it's still all we hear about really heard a little chat about Brexit in the last couple of days which you know I think we all had that fatigue of hearing about Brexit but 
I almost it was almost a novelty. It was almost like oh, it was refreshing to hear someone moan about Brexit. Um, because yeah, it's just been all Corona. You know, I feel bad for obviously people in the in the Melbourne area, Victoria, in Australia. They've gone into hard lockdown again, man. Curfew. That's and I, you know, yeah, that's a bit much, isn't it? Come on. I feel genuinely like there's a there is a part of you that goes, look, mate. I know we're trying to do the right thing and ebb the flow of of a virus, but there's also a you know you've got to think about doing it in a manner that doesn't just send people into the doldrums of despair. Mm. You know. Anyway, what have you lot been up to? What have you lot been up to? I've been nicking stuff out of skips and raising a, a baby. Which is great fun, I've got to say. Definitely, I did my first gig back. So it's the first time I've been properly out of the house. Like for a big chunk of the day away from my wife and newborn child. And I that was eight weeks after her birth. And that still felt weird. I felt like I should be at home. You know, I should be at home. It's it's too soon for me to leave her for that length of time. So I don't know how pe- I feel really bad for people that have like short paternity leave. Also, I genuinely have no idea how single mothers or any single uh, like primary caregiver, if somebody suddenly just has found finds himself with a newborn child and they're on their own, but it it is so like all encompassing. I don't know how people would do it on their own. It's I'm, and I, it just, I'm so impressed by people that do. Because it's it's bloody full on, mate. Do you know what I mean? There's two of us, and it's like we're sort of probably a little bit over the top. I'm not gonna not in a bad way. I'm not saying that as a self criticism. I'm saying that our general um, outlook on life. Me and Hannah are very, you know hippie-ish and I think we're like committed to the first sort of three months they call it the fourth trimester it's a bit of a hippie concept but you basically almost don't put the baby down for three months you know they're always essentially in your vicinity and we've been doing that so you know arguably we have brought it upon ourselves but you know for the time being it's been like there's always one of us with the baby which means yeah obviously like if you're doing that on your own it'd be impossible mate it'd be bloody impossible it's worth it though isn't it they give you lily little smiles when now she's she's at the sort of laughing stage she's, she doesn't just give you a little smile she does these sort of big grins and sort of big no it's not she hasn't developed a full laugh yet but she's going for it and fuck man it's like it is pretty intense when you get a good one. Sorry, that was a big truck just went past. I checked out the back of it, see if there's any good stuff in there. I've got to say, I am, I'm hoping they empty this skip this week because I have got some garden waste I am trying to illegally get rid of. Brent Council took away our um, garden waste bins. We used to just have them for free and they'd empty them every couple of weeks. They took it, and now you've got to pay for one. And um, I haven't done that. But I cut back all the garden last week. 
built a bench, mate. That's another thing I did. If you want to see it, go on my Instagram, um, at Carl Donnelly. And uh, basically, I found, I, I, did, I, nicked another, I nicked a pallet out of a skip, guys. I've developed a lot of skip theft tendencies in the last few months. Now, there was a lovely big uh, pallet. If you don't know what a pallet is, it's a, you know, them sort of wooden squares that things are transported on. And I saw one, and I had I had some I had some leftover pallet from a, another little DIY jobby, and I, so I took this pallet from the skip. This one wasn't from next door; it was two doors down, and uh, and I turned it into a lovely bench over the when was it was it the weekend? No, I painted it at the weekend. It was it late last week. Uh, it was I just it was a lovely bit of DIY. I just did a day of DIY, feeling like a real old chap I did feeling like Brad Pitt in um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood you know the bit where he's just topless up on the roof he looks so ridiculously good in that film do you know what I mean he's a lovely looking man and he obviously I didn't pull it off quite as well I was wearing a Buddha vest don't think I'd shaved my head for a while so I just had a fluffy sort of grey tennis ball effect on my head and um, probably some flip flops and I imagine the slight showing of a overdeveloped belly that I've been working on during lockdown I'm not as fat as I thought I was you know I thought I'd packed on about a stone and a half during lockdown I was convinced and then when I actually got dressed to do the gig on Sunday it's the first time I put on proper going out clothes you know gig clothes for five months and it was fine worked they all fit jeans were a little bit tight tight around my legs that's a weird one I may, maybe I've put on a stone and a half but weirdly half of it hasn't actually gone on the normal places which are your hips and your belly and your man boobs maybe I've just chucked it on my on my legs I've got fat kneecaps nowadays guys <laughs> be funny if because there's loads of people I haven't seen the whole of lockdown physically but I've spoken to a lot of you know what I mean like Julian Dean who I do two vegan idiots podcast with me and him have he's probably been the person I've spoken to the most during lockdown because we do our podcast weekly and we do these little Patreon catch up things via Zoom every few days so we've we've been communicating constantly and but I haven't actually physically seen him until Sunday when we did that gig together. And um, it was interesting. It's really weird to realise that oh, we haven't actually... We've spoken so much, we haven't physically been in the same space for five months. I, uh, I um, just um, My neighbour just looked through the window at me there to see me just sitting there chatting to myself. <laughs> they already think I'm mental, mate. So... Um, She's taking her bike out for a little spin. I've got to keep my voice down now. Uh, did a very neighbourly thing. Um, basically, we've got a little side gate that leads to the garden. So we're downstairs, they're upstairs. Lovely, lovely people. Get on very well. And um, they, I spotted that they were having, you know, they, they both got bikes. And they had to then, you know, carry their bikes up the stairs every time they got back. And then one day... Um, 
uh, Stuart, that's his name, the guy, he mentioned about maybe building a little um, bike shed on the drive. And I went, mate, why don't you just chuck them around the side? So what we did, we, we put a, a key gate, a key lock onto the side gate. So now they've got full access. They can put their bikes just in the side alley that leads to the garden. It's nice, isn't it? You know what, guys? That's what you need nowadays. You need a bit of neighbourly spirits, community spirits. Just um, yeah. That's people always people always say that people in London don't like people in London are so unfriendly, man. And it all like it was always like northerners, and I don't, I don't know why I said that in that tone. That I love I love the north. I love northerners. I love Scots. I love the Welsh. I love the Irish in a sort of angry way, you know. Cause I was raised by them and um, have a lot of, you know, residual uh, anger at the Irish <laughs> for creating my parents. Uh, I don't really, that's a joke. But um, what I'm saying is, but I also am profoundly a Londoner. And I often hear people who aren't from London saying how unfriendly London is. And I, you, it sort of feels mean to explain to them that yeah, it's probably unfriendly to you because you're not from here and you probably aren't on the wavelength of London. London is... I know loads of my neighbours. I know sh- local shopkeepers. I know, you know, actually... And I live in a... Yeah, I live in a proper, diverse, quite a rough... Like, s- statistically quite a rough area. You know, it used to be the gun capital of the UK, Harlesden. But it's... Um, I've, since I've lived here, I've got to know loads of people from the area. Everyone says hello. So it's, I think it's a I think it's a myth, or it's something that they come to London outside of, for people from outside London who move to London come to London from their home places where they've obviously got to know people over the years, and initially, obviously they don't have the same relationships with people, so they just feel it's um it's not welcoming, and then so that that it emboldens their stereotype, was actually I've lived in, let me think. I've lived in five different parts of London in my life, all over, and everywhere I've lived, I've got to know people from the surrounding area, and I've got to know my neighbours. So, stick that in your pipe and <laughs> smoke it. Weirdly, the only time when I moved out of London to Sussex, to Horsham, uh, for eighteen months, which got voted the I think it was the fifth best place to live in the UK, and it's not that. It's just a quite a twee satellite town of London where everyone who lives there would vote in that sort of online poll to, to bump up their house prices uh, that was I yeah you know, I got to know my direct next door neighbours still in touch with those lovely people but apart from that I didn't know no one mate you know I mean so that so, so, yeah, so London is friendly I don't know why I'm so defensive all of a sudden of London it's just that I'm you know think it's a metropolis and uh, I think it's a lovely place just we need to get rid of all the billionaires that buy all the big houses and leave them empty or take them over oh house prices are mental man because we um, do not own the place we live in we rent it but luckily off a friend so it's it's affordable um, but like we were having a look there's a road just down the end of my road Bathurst Gardens. So I've just realised the time. I haven't done one in a while, have I? 
So I'm just gonna just I won't I won't keep you long. <laughs> Rather than catch up, mate. Just let me go on for a minute. Um, so basically, there's a road called Bathurst Gardens, which basically runs between sort of I'd say I'd call it the road that runs between Harlesden and Kensal Green, right? Kensal Green's quite a posh area, Harlesden not so much, not at all really. But um, out of curiosity, we walked past the other day. We went for a walk with the pram. And uh, there was a for sale sign on what was looked like a relatively small terraced house. You know, it would be maybe three bedrooms, but one of them bedrooms would be small. Uh, but that's like, I know a three bedroom house is still a decent sized house. I'd say it'd have a nice little garden out back, little two story thing, you know, but it, it would sort of, it w wasn't a big house or anything. And out of curiosity, I said to Hannah, I wonder how much that place is worth. Because it's a nice looking road, but ultimately one end of it is just a roundabout that is runs into Harlesden. So I thought, I bet they're still, you know, not crazy priced. And we looked on like Right Move or some, whatever it was listed on, because it had a for sale sign outside. And, um, and it was £1.2 million. Which is, that's in, like in my head, £1.2 million would buy you a mansion. I've still got that sort of mind frame of growing up where a million pounds was so much money, and it is so much money. But when you look at that, this is the downside to London, London property prices. Uh, 1.2 million pounds would buy you a little, a little terraced house in a, just a little residential street, not in a particularly posh area. <laughs> That's fucking insane, mate. I couldn't believe it. I genuinely thought for a million, one point two million, you would be like, I've got, oh yeah, I live next door to, you know, John Terry in a big mansion in whatever. They all live in like weird parts of Surrey, don't they? All, football, all footballers live in Surrey. That's what I'm, I'm committing to that belief. So yeah, it's fascinating, isn't it? It's got to blow at some point. Surely it can't just exponentially grow until only multi-multi-millionaires can buy property. I mean, it can do that. That's how most of the world economies have worked for, forever, really. But surely there will come a point when everyone else goes, all right, all right, guys, now there's the 1% have got everything. There's not even a chance of us all having something. Let's now murder them. And then once they're gone, we can just split it. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> that's, that's, what, that's what's got to happen at some point. Just law of averages, stay it. And I'm not endorsing murder, by the way. I didn't say that. I said this is what surely the, the trend would suggest will happen at some point. Oh. Right, let me uh, just finish this last sip of coffee. Ah, done. That's a nice coffee, that. New beans. And it's funny, the reason, one of the reasons I've not managed to do is I've had been busy with things and baby stuff. But also, my coffee timings have gone out the window. It used to be first thing in the morning, boom. Now, obviously, you get up, there's a baby there. You've got the... I do, I do have to tend to her before making my own coffee, I won't lie. So, yeah, it's, um, it's pretty funny how the sort of... Sometimes I find myself making a coffee and... I've been up for five hours. I'm like, how? what's happened? Where have the five hours gone? 
and then I don't have time to bloody record myself nattering staring out of a window anyway I'm gonna go hope you're all well it's nice, it's nice to catch up uh, I will speak to you soon I'll do one of you know they're not going to be as regular as I said but I will try and do them slightly more regular than this last gap that appeared what I'm saying is everyone just stay positive yeah yeah keep your head up you know it'll be fine it'll be fine take it easy